<laughs> uh, but if Dave Mustaine ever listens to this, if Dave Mustaine wants to roll with me, fuck yes, mate, I'm up for that. <laughs> I roll. I'll fucking roll. <laughs> <laughs> Hey up and welcome to the Temple of Blair episode 21. It's a weekly metal news roundup show and some other shit. You're right. The shit. What, what other shit have we got this week before we bore people to death with the news? Oh, it's, um, it's me and my mate Tom watching Drive Angry. The oh, Nicholas yeah, Cage yeah, film. yeah. So it's part two of uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh... Part two of five of the Nicholas Cage a thon. Nice. Oh, well, let's be honest. It's the time saving initiative for Jim to uh, accommodate his life event. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of uh, crap films, uh, I just I just thought I'd put this in there. Uh, it's my birthday, technically Monday, but the celebration's happening on Saturday. And I've decided, seeing as uh, I am 33, the best way to celebrate 33 is to watch crap sci fi films all day. Yep, brilliant. Well, if you got it's getting hammered on strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> um, there is one called now. Um, just look up the trailer for this one because this one's the best. There's one called Nemesis, which is about cyborg cops and vengeance and stuff. And it's one of those. And the trailer is basically, it looks like a joke trailer someone has made like last week for a late '80s throwback film, but it's not. It's all real. Right. Okay. So that's the first. I'm watching now. Yeah, there's one called Nam Cycles, which is about guys on Harley Davidson trying to rescue prison, Vietnamese war prisoners of war. I don't know how that's going to work for some days. I'd recommend <laughs> Street Wars if I could. Um, Street Wars, okay. it. Street Wars, it's not sci-fi, but the entire premise of um, this film is it's a gang, like it's like a sort of Compton, early 90s LA gang warfare film. Except yeah. the entire premise is built around the fact that um, micro lights don't have, they don't need like a aviation license because it's a light vehicle. So it's basically drive-bys from these little micro lights. <laughs> that is amazing. I'll send you the trailer because it's incredibly, incredibly satisfying. Oh shit! There's one called There's one called Street Wars starring Steven Seagal as well. That's not what I intended. Ah, oh. but that's okay. Ah, the, that's the other ones that the other ones that are on there is one called Hell Comes to Frog Town, which stars Rowdy Roddy Piper shooting frogs, <laughs> and it's got the last from Conan in it as well. And then there's um one with Rutger Hauer and Kim Cattrall called Split Second that starts off in a flooded dystopian future. Done. Done. <laughs> Champion. Anyway, now we know what we're doing this week. Yes. Let's see what's happened in the past couple of weeks in the world of rock and metal. Rock and metal. Um, what you got? Do you want to start? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start with uh, the thing that's going to probably take up the bulk of this, which is uh, Dark Throne. I've got a new album coming out. Uh, cool. I've not really heard much Dark Throne other than the stuff you've shown me, to be honest. Oh, well, Jim. Well, Jim, it gets, uh, it gets good cause. Dark Throne started off doing the very, very black metal stuff, which I loved as a kid. Then they released, um, then they sort of like went a bit off of them, and then they released uh, Sardonic Wrath in 2004, which was pretty fucking good. Then I sort of drifted, drifted away from them for a while because people, you know, you hear people in the pub going, oh, they've gone fucking crust punk and it's all crap and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a fan of crust punk. So I 
So I, uh, you know, drifted away from them. Then Old Star uh, came out in 2019. I listened to the first song of that and went, oh my God, this is amazing. It's, it's as if Dark Throne have done like a, um, uh, they've become a Celtic Frost tribute band, but written their own songs. Oh, okay. So all the songs, sound, so everything off of Old Star sounds like Celtic Frost, but you know, it's, um, you know, it's Dark Throne, it's that serious, but, um, the albums Fuck Off and Die, Dark Thrones and Black Flags and Circle the Wagons is just um, Fenry's been really, really pissed off and just writing lyrics about how everyone's a poser and he's been in it since the 80s and the fuck do they think they are trying to do music like he does? Sorry. Yeah, but what he could do it because he's, he's like, him and Nocturno Cult know that they are Dark Throne. They're one of the originators of Norwegian black metal. You know, they're sort of like gods of this scene. And if they want to do three albums where it's them just going, right, we're pissed off at this, let's make a shitty, you know, let's make some sort of like diss song about it, let's do it, you know. So you've got Fuck Up and Die, which is a brilliant song. And then, oh, what, there's another one. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, I Was Born to Rock. That's the one where it's like, everyone's a poser, you're going to fuck up. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but it's got the sort of like, He's got the bit where he's like, ooh, I was born to rock. I'm a raised on rock, that's it. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's not what you'd expect from listening to the first couple of albums. These three albums are not what you'd expect from them. But right. yeah, old, old Star's well worth getting in. Old Star's well worth a listen. And then, the like I said, obviously the black metal stuff is awesome. But the, the three cross punky albums, or is the, no, the four cross punky albums are just fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I'm um, really excited to see what Dark Throne are doing with this new album, whether they're going to stick with being a Celtic Frost tribute band or just go somewhere else, because they can. Have they got a release date? Um, it says 2021. It says they've been completed a 19th studio album. Additional details soon. Fair enough. Yeah, it's Fair done. Enough. But, but you've still got to give props to Fenris because he still works at the post office. <laughs> After all these years, he still works at the post office. Hey, good for him. Good for yeah, him. Good. You can't, you can't pay either. them bills. Black metal doesn't pay the bills. We saw it in Legalized Murder, the documentary series. We did. About... We did that great, great documentary, Legalized Murder. <laughs> but yeah, works at the post office. I think he's still a councillor for his uh, his town as well. Right. Because the do you know the story though? I'm not, I don't know much about Dark Throne, so just pretend I'm an idiot. Right, okay, so the Go story on. of a... Um, Fenris, he's lived in like the same like Norwegian town forever, and because of his, and because it's Norway, everyone's like, oh, it's Fenris, he's a black metal musician, he's, he's kind of famous, so I think people from about Norway's. So the um, local political part, one of the local political parties approached to when like, look, can we... Can we put you on the ballot for the next um, town council election? They go, we, you won't, you won't actually have to do anything. There's no way you will actually get um, get on the voting thing. But we just need to put you on there, or, or we need to put you in the running, or uh, as a backup for the running, just because you know you're a bit famous. It'll bring a bit of attention to our party. And it's like, yeah, I sort of agree with the policies of the party. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good way to contribute to my uh, local area. And what happens is um, the two people that were meant to be voting for us, and that they got poorly, so Fenris got put on the ballot, and he really, really didn't want to be on the town council. So the um, campaign posters for for Fenris's uh, thing as a town council were basically saying, "Don't vote for me," and it was just a picture of him and his cat. <laughs> 
So naturally, <laughs> every, everyone in town went, oh, look, Fenris, won't that be a laugh if we have a black metal drummer and fucking legend on the town council? So obviously everyone voted for him, so he's become a town councillor now as well. Reading this thing about it, it's brilliant because he's like, oh, God, and then I took it on, I was like, I suppose I'm going to have to do this now, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the picture is the the campaign poster is just brilliant. Just him and his cat and going, "Don't vote for me." <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah, it still makes me chuckle, even though it were it were years ago. It's like, it keeps on just popping up on stuff, just being being not what you'd think the drummer of Dark Throne would be like, or is just this happy, smiley guy who's like, yeah, I like this, hey. It's, it's very weird. He's no Gal. He's no Gal from Gargaroth. No. Why do you do all this? Satan. 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 Who was the guy who, um, who, who was sat in my front room watching like a mini documentary on him, and he, he just goes out to the film crew in, like first thing in the morning and goes... All right, well, um, I'm going to show you this thing that's really important to me. And he just turns around and starts walking up a hill. And everyone's yeah. just like, what the fuck? Get, get the couch. And starts following him. And they're following him for like four hours, walking to his yep. grandparents' hut or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a Vice documentary, isn't it? Where it's these, yeah. it's these fucking... Was that him? So- yeah, 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 that was him. Yeah, it's these soy boy right. motherfuckers, isn't it? We don't really know about what black metal is. And he's like, I will show you what inspires me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one, have you seen the one where it's... Um, it's some guys doing a um, uh, documentary on wrestling and they get talking to the Ultimate Warrior before a couple of years before he died. No. Have you seen this? Right, they got no. talking... I'll, I'll, I'll try and find the clip or I'll try and find the clip. So they got talking to Ultimate Warrior <laughs> doing this interview with him and I can't remember what question they asked him, but it was it was something that slightly offended him. You know, one of these sort of like journalist questions where they're pushing a bit too far. So like, mm. I can't remember where it was, but it was like, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll show you. Come on, come with me. Get something to his, and he lives in Vegas or, yeah, I think he lives in Vegas or California or somewhere. He gets him into his Jeep and drives him out into the middle of the desert and he goes, here, yeah, so that is like, here, here's the answer to your question. They step out, they go, step out, have a look. So they step out of the car and he drives off. It's one of them where they're going, oh, no, he's joking, he's coming back. Nope, drives off and that's the last they heard from him. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It gives me joy. <laughs> yeah, so um, celebrities leaving people abandoned in places is a very, very common thing. From what I've I think it's close so. to my heart as well. Yeah. So yeah, dark throne then. <laughs> dark throne, yeah. I told you it'd be ten minutes on dark throne, and I've managed it. Whey. 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 Uh, I've actually got some news, but it's for you. Ooh. Uh, Megadeth's Dave Mustaine earns his jujitsu purple. Jiu-jitsu belt. purple belt, yeah. No, I missed that. This the other day, Jim. I'm plugged in. I'm plugged could, into this. Could, could you have him? Uh, no, I could not have Dave Mustaine. You fucking could have. Go on. Uh, no, I can't have the fourteen-year-old uh, blue belt I used to uh, spar with. So there's no way you can have Dave Mustaine. There's Definitely no way. Could. Oh, no, 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 no. Dev Mustaine and just, just, yeah, Dev Mustaine and Tony Rippin, fucking nuts, man. <laughs> I'm a, a two stripe white belt. I am nothing. What's the what's the hierarchy? So you got your white belt, which is white, blue. Other... Okay. Yeah, it's white, blue, purple, brown, black. You, so could, have, you could have a go. I you could have, have a go. go. It's only one above you. No, it's two. That's a, he's a, no, you. Oh, you got a white one, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry, I thought, I thought I said blue. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Blue. 
Well, it's just considered a boss fight. It's a boss fight, Jim, that I would lose, and I would know I'd lose, but it's just how Dave Mustaine wanted me to lose this boss fight. That's where it'd be. I just don't think you believe in yourself enough. That's the problem. If you just believe in yourself for five minutes, well, Jim, you're going to have a 5 Jim, I, I, I believe in myself, but I also believe in the power of jiu-jitsu and Dave Stane <laughs> and his clenched, his clenched teeth and his ginger mane coming from it. And I, I, don't, I don't want to be part of that, really. And he did come third in your list of what you believe in, believe in though. So I guess that's almost <laughs> fighting talk. <laughs> Uh, but if Dave Mustaine ever listens to this, if Dave Mustaine wants to roll with me, fuck yes, mate, I'm up for that. <laughs> I roll. I'll fucking roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be a thing now. <laughs> and now it's time to talk to Jiu Jitsu Dave Mustaine. Well, I come this guy the other day. <laughs> Holy roll. <laughs> fuck me. Anyway, 59. Holy Not Wars, the jujitsu. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I just wanted to see if you'd fight Davis. Then your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one more for all the uh, niche niche people that listen to this. Probably none of them. Um, Diocletian assigned with Nuclear War Now Records. Diocletian. Um, Diocletian, yes. Diocletian are a war metal band. And so they've signed with uh, Nuclear War Now, which is very much, uh, we have we have just war metal and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this label. Let's have a, let's have a quick look-see. Nuclear War Now. Oh, it's good. <clears throat> Underground metal label run by Yasuke Konishi. <laughs> uh, California... Their logo is yeah, their logo is literally eight people in a circle pointing guns at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. They've been yeah. going since, from what I can gather, to oh, 1999, So they're not fucking about, are they? No, they're not fucking about. No, they're good. Yeah, yeah. They're What's good. the band called again? Diocletian. Can you spell that? I can because I've just got it up in front of me. It is like the Roman Emperor Jim. Uh, D. <laughs> D-I-O-C-L-E-T-I-A-N. Diocletian. Yeah, the from it's one of these weird things where it's like the sound as though they should be from, you know, Florida or mm. Scandinavia, but they're uh, from New Zealand. Oh, so they are. Mm. They broke up very for a short amount of time between 2015 and 2016. Yeah. Um <laughs> I've just the latest album's called Amongst the Flames of a Burning God, but there's no U in burning, it's just a V. Yep. That's fucking brilliant. Yep. Um and their album before that, uh what Gesendrium? Gesendrium, Gesendrium, good album. Let's have a look. That's a great cover as well. Yeah. First album as well, good album. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you like if you like your badly produced music with drums just, just yeah, it's it, yeah. Diocletian. Diocletian. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Mm. I like my. Own, I like you. Reckon this is my thing, right? Because I'm like, in terms of like my view of weird metal, you're kind of my conduit for it. For it, I've got like a good top-down view of the zeitgeist, and you yeah. sort of like come in from the fucking shadow realm with some other shit, and I quite like that. Oh, dude. Um, I'll find the name of the band. Um, yeah. Um. 
me, me and the woman the other day, we um, discovered Japanese folk now. Oh, excellent. Now, it is, it is kind of strange because it's not what... It, it, it's not Japanese... Some of it's not Japanese folk tunes made with metal like most folk metal bands are. It's like it's folk metal... It's like the folk bit from folk Western folk metal but played on Japanese instruments. Okay. Which is kind of cool in its own way. And there's a... Oh, there's a band called Japanese folk metal. Yeah, if you just type in Japanese folk metal, I think there's a band that's called itself Japanese folk metal. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, Japanese folk metal. Yeah, and they've got 2018. a song called, <laughs> yeah, got a song called Urameshia, and um, it's their interpretation of Aelstorm and the works of Christopher Bowes. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck do you find this shit? Um, we were sat there on the sofa, and we were going, what shall we listen to? And I randomly just went, Japanese folk metal. And she's like, fuck off, that can't be a thing. I'm like, let's have a look. Koganamaru is the producer mm. who also plays in a band called Mysterious Priestess. Nice. Which is progressive melodic death metal. We should, uh, we should check them out. Definitely. Yeah. Who have a demo called Sophisticated Funeral. <laughs> oh, but of that's course. Glorious. Yeah. Oh, I think yes. this guy's a one man band. No, he's not one man band. No, he's a nearly no. everything man band. Oh, no, no, no. He's nearly everything man band. Yeah, it's, uh, it's someone definitely to check out because it's fucking brilliant. Cool. Yeah. I'm on that shit. Good. Um, the Paul Diano saga continues. Oh, I. So last I heard of Paul Diano. He was going to play one last gig at a effectively a barbecue in uh, in, in somewhere in Stoke. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, when you are? When, when's this? When's this barbecue in Stoke happening? Ah, oh, it, it was meant to happen last year, obviously, because of the old pandemic jobby. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like a very small sort of metal festival. Right. Okay. But cool. I think, but it was so closely associated with a pub that I, it kind of like gave itself the presentation of you know, like a village sort of like fair. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like. But he was basically formed a, like a maiden, like a maiden tribute act. I think with Dennis Stratton or one of the old maiden, I think that may, it might even been like all old maiden um, yeah. members, like the, like the 70, you know, 1976, 77, that, that sort of era of maiden. Mm. And he was going to do one last gig because his health is sort of like deteriorating and his knees fucked. Mm. Um, so that was the last I heard of it. And then I saw this on Blabbermouth saying, ex-Iron Maiden Singapore Diano crowdfunding campaign launched for long overdue knee surgery. <laughs> so, hey. from what I can gather, there's no like, there's no commitment to, to do anything beyond the, the knee surgery. Only all that I know is that it's happening. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think you can't walk. He'd like to walk again, and he's doing it privately, mm. which is fair dues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's just, in, it, I would, I would have thought he'd be like, no, just get me back in the on the fucking stage, just get cracking all that stuff. But no, there's nothing like that. I think he's mm. just trying to fix himself, so he's doing it through a crowd uh, crowdfunding campaign, which, to its credit, has 196 supporters at the time of speaking, uh, and has raised four 
1,330 quid. I might put some money towards that. That seems like a... Yeah. yeah if he gets in to play a pub in Stokes, because that's a... Well, uh, if he gets in walking again, he's, he's a yeah. nice lad, isn't he? He might yeah, have gone no. to prison for nine months for tax evasion, but that's besides the fucking point. <laughs> that's a... Uh... That's a night out for me if it's a pub near Stoke because I can I can get to that. You know, have, have a pint, watch, uh, watch Paul Diano's last gig and piss off at home. Yeah, be a good night yeah. out. No? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Actually, no, if it's in Stoke, you could have, ooh, no, this could be a night out. Right. Just, thanks for telling me this. this it's it's, like, it's it. like a weekend festival. It's like a full-on festival. I'll, I'll check it out again. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> what have you, what have you got? Well, oh, have you got news more news? I do have more news. Wait a minute, let me get back to my news. Um, that was it. All my news is new album news. Uh, this, oh, good. This this month is uh, so. Alden Organ have got a have uh, got a new single from their upcoming album coming out, which is due out on March the twelfth. Mm-hmm. So Alden Organ, are you familiar with Alden Organ? No, no. Alden Organ, uh, some at uh, the road. They're just a good singing longy power metal band. Um, okay. They did Bloodstock last year. Uh, they did it with one band member down. So they meant to have two guitarists, but the I think one of them was poorly or he got injured or something like that. So the uh, one of the guitarists played bass, and it worked pretty well actually. It was right. there was a bit of some you know there was a bit of some lost from it, but they'd said it at the start. I was near the front of it. It was was it Saturday or Sunday of Bloodstock? So Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, morning, getting towards twelve sort of thing where you've woken up, you've had your first five beers of the day that's topped <laughs> three days before it. So you're up for fucking out, really, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but they've got a new singer, but they're they're worth it in this sort of like they they're in that sort of like school of music that's you'd put Sabaton into, but they don't sing about war all the time. Oh, we love the war. The war, yeah. But when you listen to them the first couple of times, you're a bit, yeah. And then, and then you sort of get into them, and it's it, and the good. All right, fair news. There's, there's, there's some good use of um, synths and keyboards doing all that horns and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> Gunman. Put put this on Gunman on because that's brilliant. And the yeah. um, video for um, Things We Believe In. Uh, the video for that song is basically a rip out of a uh, Fallout Three, so that's how I got into them. I saw that video and went, "These guys are amazing." Oh, went, oh no, the videos, the videos amazing. These guys are okay. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know, cool, yeah." Was, you know, they're one of them bands where would I pay to see them? Depends who was supporting them. But if they were supporting somebody else, would I be more inclined to go? Yes, yes, I would. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, very good. Who else is coming out then? Who else is coming out with stuff? Yeah. Um, Give me the shtick. I've only got two bits left, so. All right, okay. Um, well, it's pretty much what's coming out here. It seems like um, lots of old old bands are all releasing stuff. So Thunder have got a new song out. Uh, Ever been bothered by Thunder, have you? Um, not really, but um, but Love Walked In is a special song for me and the woman. So there we go. That's why it uh, sticks out for me. <laughs> it's just like... it's. If the the place it occupies in my head is like, oh, it's White Snake, but they're trying to be White Snake, but there's already White Snake. So tell yes. you what, we'll get, we'll let Planet Rock uh, have access to the back catalog for less money than White Snake had let them yes. have theirs. So you know that's yeah. all I fucking hear on Planet Rock. Yeah, so Thunder have got a new song out. Saxon are putting a new song out, and Accept are putting a new song out. So this is bands that are still 
40, 45 40, years into a career putting out songs. It's like, <laughs> you know, as last week proved, you know what I, you know what I feel about that. But as yeah. usual, I've listened to none of these things, so I'm just criticising them because they affect my principles. You want to listen back to like those first, and I keep banging on about the Roadrunner thing, but one thing I've mm. found like is this weird sort of nuance where in the Northeast, loads of new wave British heavy metal bands came out. Mm. Loads. Uh, and there was some weird dodgy dealings between, I say dodgy dealings, from what I can gather, you had Neat Records, which were like the powerhouse sort of metal label at the time, yeah? Mm. And everyone that didn't get signed by Neat or Music for Nations went to this guy called Terry, who owned Guardian <laughs> Records. I think it's Terry Gavigan, but I want to stick right, with just Terry. What they, do, what they do is they record their albums there and they get signed by mm. this guy. And I think what Terry then does is he sells them onto, like the, he sells the albums and the IP to mm. other, anyway, to, to other labels. And that's how you end up with like a load of Northeast bands on Roadrunner in mm. the early days. But the point being is you want to listen to the, some of those early, early um, um, albums just because they all sound... It's, it's that Saxon sound, basically. Mm. A lot of them sound like a like a lean Saxon that do fucking cardio. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they all have their own nuances and things like that, but that's kind of the thing that that sort of brought you know sort of launched into my mind. But we'll mm. see. I'm I'm interviewing Battleax soon, so um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just because you meant like because you were talking about oh these bands have been going forty years most mm. of these bands are coming back as well and and in a similar capacity and they're there with that similar kind of sound. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like what Johnny was saying when he was on wanted that that seventies sound creeping back into stuff. I think I guess so. Your objection like last week when the context of Aussie was like, if you're done, you're done. Yeah. But this lot of like had two or three albums out in the eighties, then they've just like fucked off and had jobs. And now mm. they've retired, they're just going, do you want to just get the band back together since I can still sing? Do you have an yeah. objection to that? That's a different kind no. of vibe, right? No, no, that's definitely a different vibe. It's, yeah, it's, if, if you're still doing it, then brilliant. But, oh, that's yeah, good, because I thought you just wanted to ruin everyone's fun, to be honest there, Ro. No, I never want to ruin everyone's fun, do I? <laughs> of course you don't. I'm usually the one shouting at people because they're not having enough fun and calling them boring, aren't they? So. Yeah. Yeah. It ruins everything. Yeah. Oh, well. I've got plenty of ruining <laughs> to do with things when we're allowed to ruin things again. So, <laughs> um, Serge uh, Tankian from um, System. Mm. There is a documentary coming out, mm. presumably about him, because it's called Truth mm. to Power. Yeah. And it's got its original soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the trailer is a lot of him in like different parts of the world. Some of them are on stage. Some of them he's looking pretty forlorn and looking in the distance. <laughs> but the poster <laughs> says, truth to power, a revolutionary message of system of a down Serge Tankian. Uh-huh. Do you buy Serge Tankian as like the voice of the voice of the oppressed? Uh, I don't. I don't because system of a down. I love the, uh, I like the tunes, but it's one of these where to me, the, <laughs> Right, Rage Against the Machine. When Rage Against the Machine is singing about stuff, you can take their take one of their songs and go, "Oh, this is what the issue with this is." Okay, I get it. You know, put it very very simple. But you know, killing in the name of is about racist police. Got, gotcha, gotcha, sort of thing. Whereas System of a Down, saying all this political stuff that they do about whatever causes it is that they're into. You know, you do chop suey. It's like, what? What's what's that about? 
I think you're allowed to be inconsistent. Um, you're allowed to be consistent, but I think it's interesting because like Gene Simmons will go on about how I think I think I saw a headline a few days ago saying um, the lack of money is the root of all evil. So mm-hmm. we can take that position. Everyone kind of expects it, and everyone's mm-hmm. all right with it as a message. Yeah. Everyone's like, "That's fine." But when these guys like go on about you know Armenian genocide and and fleshing mm-hmm. out uh, in that part of the world, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to reconcile for the reasons you just said. And I don't think it's a bad thing that they're saying those stuff. To be honest, if, if it's me, I think you just keep politics off the stage. But I'm not going to have a yeah. go at anyone for doing it. Yeah, um, no. But I do yeah. feel if I feel. If someone search came out with that first solo album, like in mm. two thousand six seven, they'd just come off of fucking mesmerized and hypnotize and possibly I went off and way before that. Yeah, but point being that they're, they're somewhat politically motivated, but being a metal being like a politically motivated metal band, it kinda like it doesn't go many ways. You mm-hmm. usually have your own brand of music and it's just the words that change. That seems mm-hmm. to be the thing, yeah? Mm-hmm. No, you're not saying anything particularly so cutting that it puts me off your music. Mm-hmm. Then Serge did like, it was, it's so Im- immensely post 9-11 and by that point I was bored. Mm-hmm. Does that, that make sense? I, I, I'm yeah. think, I, I think it's just, I just don't relate to the plight in the same way I would. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <clears throat> Jim, let's 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 say we look at this with all bands. We apply the five finger death punch <laughs> policy to one, where it's kind of like if you want to support political stuff, I will do that. No worries, I will support the cause. If I am into it, just keep it out of just keep it out of your songs and just making my eyes roll. If you think make your eyes roll, I'm not going to buy into your car. <laughs> well, there's there's well, there's different ways to do it, right? There's, there's I I think keep it off the stage. Don't keep it out of the music. But the thing is, you can put it in the music, but don't don't have a go at me if I cringe at someone going ooh yeah. in a song. But yeah. Bono spends fifteen minutes of like my hard earned one hundred and fifty quid mm. ticket to going on about poverty. That's when I'm like, right, I get you, but you mm. could have had like someone in car park with a with some collections, yeah, buckets, not this breaking the flow and sort of like mm. compromising the integrity of like this joint experience that mm. we're all having. Mm. And I think that's kind of where that that sort of that position where the you know, as I'm saying the joint experience of how everyone enjoys this music and this brand, if you will, if you want to call it that, mm. it gets weirdly watered down if someone's going off on one on their own little venture. Ah, but the thing is, with this sort of thing, I think we've got to apply that if you're going to see a band live, you know what you're getting in for. So if you went yeah. to see Five Finger Live, you'd know what you were getting in for. If you went to see Bono Live, you'd know what you were getting in for. My favourite eye roll moment was whack in 2010, when me and you just got what up. What did you do? And, and no, no, no. <laughs> we sat down and watched Exodus, and Rob Duke yeah. at the time, um, just before War is My Shepherd, comes out, there's a guy out over there, points to the east, called Osama Bin Laden, and he does he want, he want hates metal, he doesn't want you to enjoy metal. And me and you just are like, oh. <laughs> this is not is, the crowd. The European crowd is not going to sort of vibe as much with that. Yeah, see, the thing is, I rolled my eyes back then, whereas now I'd be like, bloody don't, does it? That bastard. <laughs> He hates it. They don't even know who bloody <laughs> who Celtic first are. He'd burn around Alfred at the stake for multiple reasons. <laughs> you get him, Rob Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good example of what broke the flow with me. Mm. But if um, obviously Rob Duke is is 
get doesn't a sound in Laden's song on the next dish record. I'm like, I'll find whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I become a billionaire, maybe I'll feel obliged <clears throat> to use the platform to do something productive. Mm-hmm. But while I'm trying to find a you know, find a reason why System of a Down aren't recording any music, but they're doing the fucking um, Cash Cow Festival circuit, mm. it's a bit alienating. Yeah, I think it, I think for me, it's riffs are the message. Yep, it's, but it's that, riffs are the message. But in that sense, though, you could have like a politically, you can have yeah. a political album as long as it rocks. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? that's what I mean. It's like coming back to coming back to Rage Against the Machine. It's like, do I do I agree with most of what Rage Against the Machine say and what they stand for. No, but if Sleep Now in the Fire comes on in a night out, am I going to make my pint and go and bang to it because I love that song as a kid and still love it now? Yes. Yes, I am. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, so um, Tankian's got a documentary coming out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it is when, when they start talking about the Armenian genocide, it's like that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, that was that was shit and sort of keeping that, you know, keeping that sort of like in the consciousness is a good thing. Because it's not talked about a lot. No, it's not, and that's what I mean and that's why they do it because actually, do you know, uh, I gained respect from when I found out this fact, do you know who else is Armenian and talks about and uses their um, celebrity states to talk about it a fair bit? Um, is it Rob Alford? It's the Kardashians. Oh. Mm. No way. Not from Star Trek. Yeah, not from, that's the Kardashians. <laughs> cool. Cool. You want to keep um, politics out of my shit reality TV. <laughs> exactly. I think that's me done for news. There's, there's, oh, fair enough. No... I've, I'm, the only thing I've got oh, now no, is... no, no, no. One more, one more, one more, one more. you want to do one more or do you want to do one? I'll do this one because it's, it's not yeah. that interesting. So Towns of Grace, Towns of Grace were a band that made by Adam D from Killswitch and he mm-hmm. famously reintroduced uh, Jesse Leach back into sort of Muzak <clears throat> after yeah. Jesse was out for a while. And it was yeah. a really good album. It wasn't quite like Kill Switch. It was a bit of everything, and um, it was a nice, good, diverse musical experience. And everyone kind of goes apeshit for it even now. And mm. that was what 2010, 2011. Mm. Um, and they're doing another one, oh. and I have no information. <laughs> but perhaps now is the time of grace to. Nice. <laughs> yes. It turns out it was. The second time of grace. It was the second time of grace. <laughs> it was the first time of grace. It was the, the second the, time The first of time grace. of grace was 10 years ago. Yeah. This is a time of grace. Yeah. Two. Anyway, your bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, my bit is, I uh, should have got this in when we were speaking about crowdfunding. Uh, but the crowbar, which shut down because of pandemic bullshit, uh, has reached its halfway mark of 40,000 in crowdfunding to get it opened again. Which one's the crowbar? Is it London? It's the Soho one, yeah. The, yeah. Like, all the famous people go to when they're in London and shit, and it's all really cool. And, it, and I think it's like the rock bar of rock bars. Right. To be honest, mate, I've been spoiled by the cooler. I've never been. I've no interest in going. I, rock bars died with the cooler. I'm not bothered anymore. <laughs> the one that I want to go into because I've missed it the two times I've been there is there's a bar in Budapest where the owner loves Manowar. So it's yeah, like I know exactly what you mean. Bar. 
I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I, I walked past there with, I think I got pictures of it when um, me and the missus went to Budapest a few years ago. I was like, this is fucking mad. But we were on our way to the communist statue park. So I couldn't yeah. stop in for a drink. But yeah, there, there, there's outside like one of the main big sort of um, Dude, landmark buildings. Been there. Been there. That's good. Communist statue park. It's not because I thought it'd be like the statue park in Goldeneye. I did we'll as well. Yeah, no, yeah, and it's tiny. Did you see the the hemp car? The car made of hemp. I, oh no, that no, wasn't hemp. It was just a shit. I think I get it mixed up. It was just a shitty car, like a communist car, that, like the state issued <clears throat> car. Yeah, made out of paper or something. Something like that. Yeah. 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 No, but no. fucking brilliant. That, that's our pilgrimage. We should have added that to the to do list. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, um. If if everything if everything happens, I might be completing a metal bucket list next year. Oh, which one was yours? Um, one of them was pay a stupid amount of money to go to a gig. Ah, oh, nice one. So me and the woman, we if they let us do it, uh, July made in a play in a stadium in Frankfurt. We're going if we can get tickets. We're going, so that'll be you know, sort of. With the hotels and food and booze and all stuff like that, it's going to be about five six hundred quid to go. You should check the and... you should check the fan club because you get like offers to do like fan club flyouts and stuff like that. All right, cool. I might have looked and... at that. Well, I've signed up for the email list, but the reason why we're going as well is fucking Sabaton are in support. All right, cool. Sabaton and Maiden in Frankfurt. It's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> I still think we should um, pick a weekend once this is all over and just go right. Get in the car. We're going up to see the Bon Scott statue. <laughs> and then we'll have a night out in Edinburgh, just crash at a um, like a hostel, mm-hmm. and then just come home the next day. <laughs> I'm well that, that. that means I've seen the Bon Scott statues on both sides of the world, then. Oh, yes. Because I've seen the Perth one. Ah, <laughs> have you got a picture of that? I have got a picture of that. Now that we've got Instagram, if we do this, mm-hmm. I, can t- I can post both pictures of you at the different corners of the world where Bon Scott is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah to do that um but going back to the metal bars again yeah yeah i mean to be honest for, for me mate unless like unless someone tears out of like a back room comes through rips a banister off like next to a wall and says i'm gonna kill him and runs out the front door it's not a metal bar to me <laughs> that's the standard you gotta fucking like beat <laughs> oh what a place um the other one that it was, I that think- was a four in the afternoon anyway sorry <laughs> Uh, the other one of note was when I went to in Oslo, where <clears throat> I, I went in there and it was fairly early on at night, and there wasn't that many people there because it was like you know six six quid a pint, and I was backpacking. I could I could only afford one drink, so I nursed it. So sat in this corner in this rock bar, just nursing things. You get you get to notice things going on. So I had a bit of a chat with bar staff when I got my pint and stuff like yeah, cool, whatever. Sat down, and then someone came out about half an hour later who could. Or I only presume was the owner because it was this six foot five absolute built bloke in leather pants, black vest, and just black hair down his back and a handlebar tash, just arms crossed, just surveying the scene with this look of contentment on his face, like ah, this is I own and everything is good with my world. So <laughs> <laughs> little moments by that, and then there was what was it? There was the electric ballroom. No, it's not the electric ball, the ballroom in Hamburg, which I don't think exists, where some guy from Hamburg Airport was buying me shots all night. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Fair and we saw there was a tribute band playing there for somebody. I don't know. I can't remember the last rock bar I went to. I probably just won in Leeds. <laughs> last, time I went to, last one I went to was the 
tap and tumble in Nottingham proper rock bar, which isn't there anymore. Because mm. we didn't, did we, no, we didn't find any on his summer travels that we went on. So yeah, sad times. Yeah, sad times. Well, anyway, good that um, they've raised some money to reopen. Mm. Hmm. Can you drop us a link to that? I'm quite interested to literally to I can it. indeed. I will find you some sort of link and send that to you. Nice! <laughs> um, yeah, tomorrow night is Headbangers Brew, round one. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, it's because due to Brexit, and I'm, I'm not even kidding, our main sort of supplier for the more obscure beers was Urban Drinks, which is an EU-based supplier. Yeah. Um, so none of the ones that we've ordered have arrived yet, so we're just going to have to do Trooper mm. versus fucking Road Crew. Okay. Uh, if you want to join us, you can. Just let possibly me know. Bit, possibly, I'll we'll see what I'm doing. Tomorrow, um, 8 o'clock. All right, okay. See what I'm up to. Yep, 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 yep. And that's with the guys from the pump room who have been more than accommodating with my bollocks um, graphic design <laughs> and trying to drag them down, uh, drag them down to my level for everything. Good, good. We want everyone down on our level. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, yep. have you got anything else? Have you got, like, what have you, what have you been playing at? You fucking know it. Um, oh, God, I had a good one for this. What have I been playing at? Oh, well, today I went for my first run in forever out in the rain whilst listening to Maiden. So once again, the people of uh, where I live have got to see me doing laps while doing spruce, sticking some grabs, but not actually being able to hear the music. <laughs> hey, hey, tell you what, I went for my run for the first time in a few um, days today, mm. listening to Venom Prison. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, because I was speaking to Mike Gitt the other day, yeah. Um, about like the Dragon Force thing, and I was saying, yeah. "Oh, well done," because he signed them. Because I've heard them plenty of times, but I never really got into it. Mm. And I said to him, "I feel like I haven't got like I haven't got the point of reference yet, but I feel like it's like mm. quite potent." And he was like, "Yeah, they're about to like they're just they're ready to go." And I was mm. like, "I'll give them another whirl." Tell you what, they're a great running band. Yeah, okay. my muscle memory kicked in. And I was like, "This feels like Cancer Bats Pit. <laughs> this is what this fucking feels like." And it's like it was really good. But yeah, I just thought I'd let you know that. Because right, cool. the other one that always brings like fun bands, and I'm like, yeah, thunderous. Nice, shit. nice. Oh, what else have I been doing? It's, it's one of these where you put me on the spot now. And, yeah, um, I've been I've been reading. I've been reading this book called The Black Swan. No way. Yes, The Black Swan, which is about um, how to deal with unexpected, large unexpected events that have massive impact on the world. So I've been getting philosophy on. Yeah, um, I've read that Darth Vader graphic novel, and I've also read V for Vendetta. Oh, nice one. Darth Vader yeah. one's good. The Darth Vader one was good with the homicidal C3PO and R2D2. I, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Are you, um, are you putting into this crowbar thing? Uh, if I have some spare cash, maybe, possibly not, though. <laughs> if I ever have some money, I won't mind going down to the opening party. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That sounds like a laugh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, good for them. I'm well, well for them. Yeah, I'll see you. I take it your life's just been uh, just been history of Roadrunner. Last night, mate, I gave myself a night off and I played a bit of Deep Rock Galactic with the lads. Uh, that's literally yeah. been it. And that's okay. honestly, it's been, to be honest, this Roadrunner stuff is such a fucking blast. I really enjoy it. Mm. Have you seen the, the Great Cat video? I have not seen the Great Cat video yet. I, I need you to watch video. it because I need, I need your verdict on like the format of it because oh, right, I'm cool. kind of, because that wasn't like, that wasn't a labour of love in the sense that I love the Great Cat so much I did a mini doc on it. It was like a proof of concept video yeah, of yeah. how to see if I could, t- like, if my machine was technically resilient enough to like put forward <laughs> like an resilient. actual like narrative. Because you know, my style is like, we're going to talk for two hours and I'm going to upload the whole thing that's not defamatory. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, great, do that. And yeah. then obviously it's not very good. It's not very good for an audience. And then you have these episodic bits like the great cat one, which is 
mm. actually for it's designed to tell a story um and that's what i wanted to do with the whole roadrunner thing so mm. um that is a point of reference that's my point of reference that's how it's going to sort of look for this chapter one thing mm. um but i just wanted your thoughts on it because yeah all right i'll have a i'll have a watch of it and i'll see what's what of it yeah 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 yeah. Oh, good. Good. Um, oh, also, um, before we before we leave, I have to uh, apologise for some comments I made uh, last week. Did I edit them out? No, no, no you didn't them edit them out. Um, the comments I have to apologise for. Um, last week, I said I was getting into a uh, trumpet jazz. It's not trumpet jazz; it's saxophone jazz. So I'd just like to apologise. <laughs> so everyone's offended by that comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no matter. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm watching this series called Bosch which is about um, uh LA detective and he really likes jazz. So this is where I've got it from. So everything that he listens to that he mentions that I quite like, I just have a little, I have a little Spotify and you have a little listen to. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good way to find out music. Ah, awesome. Hey, I've, I've got one yeah. more question. I've got one question for you, like a legit sort of, it's almost housekeeping, but it's also possibly informative. How does yeah. Instagram work? I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you, I, the thing I do, you know what I like about it. It's, it's sort of like, relatively it's got like a short attention span in a weird yeah. way like yeah. you can only see like a few sort of new posts and then yeah. you don't get lost down the scroll for me or maybe it's just because i don't follow uh, a lot of people it might be because you don't follow a lot of people and start following people you get lost in the scroll and that's what you do you just you start following people that are like you and then hopefully they will follow back and then you just start putting out um pictures and then you write hilarious captions with hilarious hashtags on it is it really as simple as that that is as simple as that, man. Fair enough. I'll just, start, I'll, start ma- I'll just start mass following people then. Yeah, mass following people, yeah. Do that. Like, everyone, that's, everyone that you've interviewed or talked to, follow them, and they'll probably give you a follow back. And then, yeah, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Thomas from Exodus um, followed me, which I thought was exactly, really, that's really what I mean. polite. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's one of these where you get, um, you get weird things where you know, just random people from, you'll sort of like follow a band or you'll make a comment about a band and then it's cool because people from that band will read it and then individuals from that band will follow you back like uh, what's his first did. But I know quite a lot of people about individuals from bands go, oh, like what you said, and just follow them back and give them a thumbs up and shit. So it's, it does actually work for people connecting with each other. Oh, that's pretty good. I might just give yeah. it a whirl then. Not that I mean, to be honest, this this podcast, as we know, is more for our mental health than it is for anything else. I'm not yeah. bothered by the fact that our audience is sort of like... I, can't, I, mean, I think so. I think we've got like five people who listen. I think we've got nice. like a, I think we've got a committed two people. Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, let me let me just have a look and see what I haven't looked at this for a, for a while. Um, oh, I'm gonna fuck up the password. See how many listens we've actually had. Mm. Uh, 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 Four hundred nineteen downloads. Sixty eight this month. That's mm. pretty good. I, I'm happy with that. Pretty good, man. It's all you, though. It's all you. I know it's all me. I know you've done that <laughs> all. <laughs> but the point is, it's, it's it's quite nice that some people give enough of a fuck. Um, and maybe I'll try and... like. Well, my point about this was, as much as I'll go through Instagram following people and hope to expand our network of, of colleagues and friends and people to talk to, it's not about yeah. listeners at all. It's, I, don't, I no. don't really care about that profile. No, it's about it's about Jim going down rabbit holes. And... It's about finding people who want to find a secret metal. Head. It's about finding people who want to learn about <laughs> Star Wars metal, which is the next thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Anyone who wants to dive down a 
go down a rabbit hole with us and just yeah chat and politics about music why not yeah that's it no other format it's just fun in it yeah man definitely but I'm going to let you go and I'm going to uh, treat everyone to um, mine and Jim's friend Tom uh, sort of like Tom. talking about a drive angry sweet <laughs> right see you in a bit are uh, you good bluffing there is it it's bluffing there yeah bluffing there you have to stick it with that I'm not getting rid of bluffing there <laughs> alright I'll let, I'll let you crack on there ahoy ahoy hello hello how are you I'm alright yeah yeah, I was trying to get. Um, I don't know how Instagram works because I'm an old man. Oh, what are you trying to? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to get this. Um, I'm trying to post that there's a new episode of a new interview, but yeah. I don't know what a story is. I don't know what a reel is, and I don't know what a post is. I don't know what these things are. Oh God knows if it's like other things. Stories temporary. But I, I don't, don't know what a reel is. The, but I don't know if it follows the same rules as other things. The disadvantage of this whole thing is I don't care either. It's just uh, <laughs> it's oh, really difficult to solve know. the problem. It's, it's a, this is a fire and forget notification. As soon as it's out, I'll never talk about it again until someone asks me about it. <laughs> other yeah, than that, yeah. it'll be it's just it's just a function for other people, not for I. I spent all day erecting erecting fence posts. Did you? Yeah. What have you what have you footed them with? Uh, concrete. I made little concrete buckets, right? Little cheap, mm. shitty buckets, filled them with concrete, um, oh, and yeah. then sort of waited a few days, and then just smashed them with a hammer. So all the bu- so the buckets fell apart, and now you've got like a really good sort of um, foot, like an actual bucket shaped foot. So when it comes to knocking it all down and redoing it in a few years' time, <clears throat> it should all be like I could probably feasibly just bring a sledgehammer to the fence and then lift every post out with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying that post will probably rile the footing before that, but anyway, this is you true. Still just you can still just leave the footing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My neighbour lent me his um, pneumatic drill. I nearly yeah. took a picture and sent it to you, courtesy of um, Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of drill, and it was lots of fun. And it actually helped me a shit ton because before then, I was digging up the previous like footing or stone or whatever was underneath the post, and I was just going at it with a sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah, you're usually better just to pry the entire if it, if it was in footing, pry the entire thing out with a pick. But then I suppose you've got a big lump of concrete you've got to do something with. Yeah, I couldn't dig around it. It was always like so big. Whatever it was, I don't know what. I don't know if it was the previous owners or the ones before that. Whatever the fuck it was, um, it was just huge every time. So I ended up like just chiseling into it where I was going to put my new footing and just doing that. Oh, yeah, but there you what? there you bloody go. Uh, we we like we're, re- we're retreading the last two episodes of uh, Amando. This my mum peeled off watching at one point, so we're going back. So we're oh, okay. the second to last one again with the the, the whatever the uh, confirmed best returning character of the series, Slave yeah. One's weird Sonic Death Charge things. Um, I was going to say, I think we're now at, we're now just just for procedural propriety, I'm going to confirm that now is a good time to spoil Mandalorian. Yeah, it's been. We, we it's don't been need like to do it on weeks. podcast. We don't need to spoil it. Spoil it. I'm just saying it's a good time to talk about it. We're in a safe space. You're Trigger right. warning. Don't get upset. I've already been banned from Twitter last week <laughs> for arguing about it. Oh, God, 
I yeah, saw I went, one thing, I, I like went, of the sort of stuff you were talking about, it's a video I didn't watch, but it came up on YouTube. It's a, a picture of a, of a certain Jedi in a certain television series, and it was like captioned, there's a war going on at Lucasfilm, but who will win? And it's like, or going on at Disney. It's like, no, no, not, probably not. I don't think no. that is a thing that's happening anywhere no. but in your head. No. I think uh, there's one discussion at Disney, which is how do we get all the money into yeah, our, the money. our bank accounts? I wonder if there's an end game for Disney. Like once the because competition law clearly doesn't kick in and doesn't apply to them. If so like when they own New Vegas, they'll be funding an expedition to colonize another planet, won't they? Yeah. Well, once you own everything, you kind of own nothing. Then there's nothing to like. There's nothing. There's no performance returns that can ben- that are going to improve on the previous year of owning everything. Maybe they've just seen like all the dystopia stuff where corporations effectively take over companies, take over countries. So they're just sort of hedging the bets for that. Get as rich now as you can, so that, so that when there's whaling Utani's, they can be whaling Utani. Yeah. So like, if you own like a private parking company, hold on to it because it's going to get bought out by Disney mm, when their state eventually happens. Do you want to um, justify the existence of an abomination? Yeah. Go on then. Um, it, it's a camel spider. Now, I was, bef- in an interesting anecdote, maybe someone could look at this and tell me why this is, but before I had kids, I was kind of, I was quite arachnophobic. I wasn't too bad, but I was quite arachnophobic. Now I couldn't give a flying fuck for some reason. <laughs> I think children uh, have a lot of legs. Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> they come out quite spidery. I think it's like, I think, I don't know if it was like having a kid or buying a house because either way, the, the feeling I get when I see a spider is my territory has been in, <laughs> like invaded yeah, and that's the attitude the, I have existential terror yeah yeah there's no hardwired I'm gonna die it's this thing's in my house which it shouldn't be I feel like the, I'd have the same reaction to a burglar a cat or a dog <laughs> it's any sort of creature well yeah. just stop you there on semantics not spiders aren't camel spiders this is what I figured out I was reading about Bowel a trick. little bit and it, it's the like soul a few guys yeah 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 but they're not arachnids either they'd sit in like a weird sort of Oh no, they are they are arachnids, but are they like arachnids? Fairly, fairly broad. Right. Okay. So it's not arachnids. In, it's so arachnids, you have spiders and scorpions, which are two very sort of distinct groups with lots of sort of loads of different species, and then there's like a whole bunch of other peripheral shit that's also arachnids, sort of like failed evolutionary attempts. Like, you know, scorpions and spiders are kind of where it led, but there's all these weird offshoots where it's... This like, is what I, I was going to say. It's it's not an arachnid, but it's an arachnid, but it doesn't exist in the same family as, say, a tarantula or like a yeah, spider. Yeah. 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 All right. So so in this particular clip, I was seeing... Because the camel spiders looks like a giant ant, doesn't it, in a weird way? Uh, I suppose it's kind of got that face that, like, a can't you... Yeah. You typically see depicted depicted as like a cartoon or a computer generated ant. It kind of looks similar. Yeah, yeah, but it was just tearing through an ant's nest, and it wasn't even eating the ants. It was just ripping them to bits and throwing them apart. And I think the speculation was it's not bothered about the ants. It's it's bothered about the eggs, the delicious eggs. Probably, yeah. So justify its existence. Why is it any? Why is it? Or are you going? Is this going to be like one of those conversations where you're like, you know what? Yeah, fuck them. No, generally, you can go for the uh, most obnoxious thing, which is justify anything's existence, but we'll we'll steer away from that. <laughs> they're basically like weird wiggly vultures. They're just there to eat where the junk's lying around. So if your ecosystem is a bunch of junk on the floor, you don't want it there, a bunch of dead stuff, you need things that, that nom it up. 
and then mm. bigger things eat that thing. So whereas a bunch of random scraps of food lying on the ground wouldn't provide food for anything, this hoovers them all up and then something else can eat this thing. So you've converted all that, what would be wasted food, into food for something else. Yeah, but why that? <laughs> just It's whatever's most efficient, in it? Yeah, well, I guess, like, if you're okay with the universe unfolding as it is, you have to be all right with this particular creature becoming a boss fight in hundreds of years to come, for which it's now accumulating its own mass and fat stores. Uh, well, they won't actually, because they, um, they can't get bigger because of how we breathe. Oh, my so, God. Tell me everything. <laughs> so spiders and um, scorpions, I believe, this is where I'll be wrong. People get upset. Have quite advanced breathing apparatus. They have book lungs, which are essentially gills, but on the inside of the body, like a really primitive lung. So there's a gap where air goes in, and then there's a bunch of like gills in there, which is where the circulatory system can come in contact with the gas and absorb the oxygen. Um, so if you guys don't, they're basically still on the old system that insects use, which is where they just have a bunch of holes in the carapace where air gets into the system. So instead mm-hmm. of having like a dedicated system for it, that's just like some holes where gas can get to the circulatory system. So right. that heavily limits the size of the organisms that have it. So, like, back in prehistoric times when there was a more oxygen-rich atmosphere, insects and, like, millipedes and stuff were huge because they could be because the the oxygen was rich enough in the gas that it could get to the circulation system, circulatory system through these holes. So, whereas now, it's not. So, there's a limit in size because the bigger they are, the further the circulatory system will be away from the gas on the outside of these holes. Right, Okay. Well, thank fun for our oxygen, our oxygen fucking um, lacking atmosphere. Yeah, not making any any of these things bigger than they possibly need to be. They don't spin webs because they can't. And if even if they could, you need to, apparently. I read this today. You need to have a really wiggly butt to spin webs. If you think about it, like they have to have quite an opposable ass, and these things don't. They have quite a rigid armored ass. So that if they could spin webs, they'd only be able to do it in like a straight line, and it wouldn't be very good with it. It's, uh, I've heard that because um, they're usually found in very arid and dry desert kind of uh, places, not the desert exclusive, exclusively, but like very dry, arid mm. um, climates. So it's usually like in the Middle East and uh, apparently they're just a freaking nightmare because they're effectively a pest and they also like shade. So you got like soldiers trying to police a, a town and stuff like back in the Iraq war and stuff like that. And then they'd just be fucking followed by like an array of camel spiders. Yeah, that's the big thing. Oh, a lot oh, of people. Oh, 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 how I, oh, how I perceive oh. it, just being tailed by monsters forever. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, there's a lot of things like making out that they were chasing them, but they don't. If you're running away from one and it runs after you, yeah, it's because it's trying to stay in your shadow. Mm. Like the Greek yeah. name for them literally means those that avoid the sun or something. Oh, that's cool. Obviously, they were used to seeing a lot more monsters than you, which is why the Greek for them isn't monster that avoids the sun <laughs> but yeah they're pretty harmless though they can give you a bit of a nip but that's about it they're not really that fast oh, your, your mate your best mate Coyote Peterson yeah has he been nipped he did by a video one? On one I thought he did he he tried, venom think, that's like cheating I think it does have a venom it does have like a venomous sting but it's like they are not, they are not venomous a tarantula no they just nip oh really I think like yeah they have like little snippers okay, for like yeah. snipping food up and snipping hair off stuff to get to food. So, <laughs> how emasculating that your entire species has been um, 
telling you've not got talons or <laughs> you've got little snippers. Little, little snippers. Well, they're powerful Snipped. enough to like cut feathers and through small bones, I guess, but still little snippers, aren't they? Yeah, so no venom, nothing Good. to get venom with. There was some research that said one species in India had venom, but they never really bothered proving it. They're like, well, we took this stuff out of it and injected it into a mouse and it died. And someone was like, yeah, but if you take like blood out of you and inject it into it, but right, generally speaking, if you inject anything into a mouse, the mouse dies, yeah, unless it's mouse medicine. Yeah. So <laughs> didn't really prove it's venom. Like, you know, you could inject a mouse with crude oil and it'd die. It doesn't mean crude oil's venomous, does it? Well, we could um, we could have a look at that Coyote Peterson video and see what he's actually trying to do and what he ends up doing. Because I think I, I, I think if I read correctly, he tries to get he tries to get a full on bite or a, the equivalent of a full on bite, but he only gets yeah. a little nibble. So no, I think the purpose is. He, I think he, of, he walked away disappointed. There's a lot of exaggerated stories about him, aren't there? So it's to give people something to do. It's to give some people something to be sensational about, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently they're not even really that big. It can exist. They just have big legs. I think these days when like huntsman spiders are like on Reddit every day is like, look at this fucking thing. Anything looks small now. (laughs) Yes, they're fairly harmless as well, aren't they? (laughs) You reckon it's like pod? It's unrealistic expectations of how ginormous (laughs) and hideous creatures are going to be. We've all become desensitized to. uh, by hunting spiders, yeah. It's a horrid creatures. <laughs> We've all played Skyrim. We know what the deal is. Uh, do you want to talk about Drive Angry? Yeah, go on then. I've got some notes on that as well. This is this is one I'm not bothered about, like a spoiler centric, <laughs> so like a, a spoiler safe. But it's a 10 year old film. And it's good fun. Well, we've enough. had to have stumbled across like another weird sort of grindhousey cult um, revenge film, haven't we? Accidentally, this was not yeah. my plan. Yeah, he seems to now. I don't know. I, I think since he did, I keep wanting to call it the Wicker Man, but it's not the Wicker Man, is it? It's that's or the Burning Man. I used the Wicker Man. Sorry, I keep wanting to call it the Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, since he did that, I think he's developed like a a stranger version to religious cults and I'll only do films in which the antagonists are religious cults and he shoots them all with a gun. Yeah. 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 (laughs) In this case, the gun is literally Satan's gun. Yeah. So. God killer. Yeah. So so the the premise of this film is Nicolas Cage breaks out of of prison and in this, in this, in this world, prison is hell. So he breaks out of hell. He dies and breaks out of hell. Because his grand his granddaughter gets kidnapped, and yeah. you know what the best thing about sort of reiterating this is? It's been about a week and a bit since we watched <laughs> it, so I'm like, so I'm just sort of like, well, you know, he breaks out of hell in a car, and then, and he finds his granddaughter and, and you know saves her, and on the yeah, way, yeah, we yeah, like, like the aesthetic, the setting for the film is this strange mix of like occult witchcraft and like car enthusiasts. So it's like half the devil and demons and, you know, um, Constantine-style solid gold grenade launches, and then it's half like yeah. Fast and Furious. It'd be like, yeah. what if the Fast and Furious crew fought some demons? Um, my first note, it just says, emerged from trees. 
Yeah, so that's when she breaks down. So, and the, 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 the start of the film, he breaks out of hell, and then there's a big like monologue from William Fincher, who mm-hmm. plays the accountant, and the accountant is the guy that's come out out of hell, he's come out of his, his office, and to, to try and get Nicolas Cage back. Um, it, Nicolas Cage's character is called John Milton, but we will not be calling him John Milton. We'll be calling him Nicolas Cage. Um, so, first thing he does is he stumbles into a cafe. Uh, you see, this this where... leads into my first note, which is a bit horny. Yeah, he stumbles into yes. this diner where some random waitress, I uh, play by Katie Mixon from East Bound and Down, just basically tries to get in his trousers immediately, and all he does is order coffee, like. <laughs> that's the world we'll have to swallow my coffee the wrong way <laughs> you tainted the coffee with the horniness of that film and it sort of transferred to my coffee and I swallowed the wrong way alright I thought you'd have some coffee and been beset by a, a horny waitress <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's one of those worlds where it's just like alright this has been written by a horny teenager and then updated <laughs> by an adult yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, so that happens, and then he goes, "Okay, so there's two waitresses. One's horny waitress from Eastbound and Down, and the other one's Amber Heard. Um, and those are the two waitresses. One gets horny for Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage says, "Oh, I am looking for. Oh no, no, no! The film opens with him shooting the legs out of people. It does. Yeah, it's like attacking that. some sort of peripheral gang who's associated with this cult, isn't it? Oh yeah. So it, it never, it never alludes to how he, he catches on to the scent of where his granddaughter's been kidnapped. Too. It just opens with him completely um, opening seven barrels of shit and throwing them at, at these three dudes. Go, yeah. Where is she? Where is she? And it's like, all right, she's dead, dude. She's at so and so in so and so county or whatever the fucking is like. That's how his car breaks, isn't it? Which is why he has to hide in the bushes and wait for. Amber Heard's car to break down. No. No, you're crazy. He nicks their car. He fucks off with their car. And he goes to the cafe where Horny Waitress is horny. And he goes, where's so-and-so county? Because he's just got out of hell and he hasn't got a sat-nav. And then she goes, is that a way? And then he fucks off. And this is where the disconnect is. Because he fucks off. And then Amber Heard goes to her boyfriend's house or something. Or gets sacked by... Sacked by the guy that hits Chris Kringle in Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> yeah, who's now a really greasy fry cook who molests his horny waitresses. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I did, I, I, I wickied him. I did I did a quick wiki on him, and he's like, that's literally his character and everything. Greasy fat man. <laughs> Since 1982 like, or something like that, he's just been greasy, greasy supporting character. Anyway. Uh, she, the she, poor she, man. Yeah, yeah, and then her car breaks down. And then he emerges from the trees to fix it. Right. But we don't see how or why he gets there, I don't think. Oh, he just got to his car that he got to yeah, the so diner. I don't know. He just set off down the road. Then she set off down the road. And then he emerged from some trees when she broke down. And then my next note says, White Damon Wayans. Because I think that's, I was alluding to her boyfriend who was cheating mm-hmm. on her. Because they, yeah, so then so then Nicholas Cage fixes a car. Then they get in the car and they go to her boyfriend's house. And then they're like, "So long, stranger." And Nicholas Cage walks away. And then she goes into her house, finds a boyfriend cheating on her. Um, he comes out, wrists are blazing, gives her a good slapping, and then Nicholas Cage kicks shit out of him. And then my next note says <laughs> says bitch, but it has six eyes 
So I presume the character that's played the, the White Damon Wayans character at some point says either like "bitch" or "bitch" or something like that. <laughs> it's like, that, must have, know. That, that must have happened if I've taken a note. And then, um, what? I don't know what makes Amber Heard go. I'm going to go with Nicolas Cage on his mission. She gets the boyfriend knock her out. I think he gives her a right wallop, and then when she wakes oh, yeah. up, Nicolas Cage has just kidnapped her and nicked her car. And it but, also, at one point, looked like he dropped an air conditioning unit on the guy's head, but then he didn't. I distinctly remember you seeing, like, an air conditioning unit, like, you know, like a bird's eye view of it falling, or what, well, not bird's eye view, a first-person view of it falling mm. on him, but then apparently no. Maybe it was, like, originally a turkey, and they were going to do the thing with Joey from Friends where he has a turkey on his head, but then they thought, that's not... <laughs> They wouldn't. They wouldn't have a turkey in wherever we are. They'd have air conditioning units. This is a, yeah. They went in post and went. We need a CGI in an air conditioning unit. This isn't Christmas. We decided it's not a Christmas film. Even well, though it's, like America, it's it. America, so it's ham at Christmas, isn't it? It's turkey at Thanksgiving. And in Poland, it's fish. It is. And in Japan, fish. it's KFC. Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think some parts of like Polynesia, it's KFC as well. Yeah. So anyway, she wakes up in Nicolas Cage's car. Nicolas Cage, who was on. A, a, uh, no, in, in her car, he's twocked in her, her car. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> twocked. <laughs> um, and she's like, okay, presumably, um, this is fine. And then they stop at like a biker bar, which is pretty right. extensive. It's like, you know, like a strip club, come bar, come restaurant, come yeah, motel. Yeah, it's like, it's like strip club slash motel slash bar slash steakhouse or something. It's got everything. It's got everything. And then... One guy is like, fucking hell, Nicolas Cage. You might fancy you showing your head around here, your face around here. And then nothing's really explored on that front. This guy just knows him and then goes, all right, sit yourself no, down. Which, which also doesn't make, make much sense because how long is he supposed to have been dead? This is the I, thing. It's no one concerned by the fact that he clearly hasn't aged. Yeah. Or has he aged? Do you age in hell? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then the waitress is like, ha, this driving license expired. And he's like, oh, what do you, oh, what's this, a cell phone? Oh, what's the internet? And all that shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, so then he, they they take separate rooms and they're both banging, like Amber Heard and, and Nicholas Case, and they're both banging people. Other people, yeah. Amber Heard pulls like some weird, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, weird some, weird, some weird foot fetish, dude. Um, yeah. And it's again... And he's- unnecessarily sort of like horny horny yeah 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 we it can't it can't just be sex scenes and new scenes it's got to be some weird taboo what's sort of weird and taboo for 2011 feet feet yeah i know it's feet and, and taser this, induced though, orgasms that's it yeah <laughs> those are the, the two um, lanes they pick we forgot that william, william fincher goes to investigate oh we forgot a bit we forgot why damon wayans is killed by nicholas cage not by the air conditioning unit, but by some... No, no, but... No, I'm no, no, the, 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 account, the accountant kills him. So the, the evil, kills account, the evil accountant, like, fallen angel demon man who's been sent from hell to get Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage back. And I've got a note here that says, evil accountant man asks pointless questions because he can smell answers. There's several points in the film where he'll ask someone a question, and then before they've spoken back or answered the question, he'll go and do a bit of a sniff and then say the answer. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. why did so, you go so around asking people questions? Why did you just go around sniffing? 
So he he goes to White Damon Wayans after he wakes up from his air conditioning induced sleep, <clears throat> and yeah. then kills him. And after going, all right, where's your missus and Nicholas Cage? Um, and he just you know fucking White Damon Wayans it up. And then there's two coppers, and those two coppers are like, oh my god, that guy's dead. Nick William Finch is like, ah yeah, but I'm FBI. Do you want to come with me and I'll make you money or something? Or basically, you've, 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 you've forgotten the important point where apparently it has a magic coin that he flicks up in the air, and then when he catches it, it turns into whatever exactly whatever he needs it to be at that given time. Yeah, but he only does it when the exact thing is a badge that says he's an FBI agent. So it's not clear if the <laughs> coin is magic and can become anything, or can simply become an FBI yeah, badge. Yeah. Which begs the question: Why doesn't he just? Why didn't he just magic up a fake FBI ID instead of yeah. flicking a coin? Yeah, there's yeah. nothing else where he flicks the coin. It's like ah, it's a bouquet of flowers or a pizza or, or something. whatever. Yeah, nope, never it's happens. Just one thing. <laughs> yeah, it only ever becomes an FBI badge on a few occasions. Yeah, yeah. So then we come back to Nicholas Cage and, and Amber Heard, who are having their respective horniness in these motel rooms, and there's it's played to it's played up as a gag. And why wouldn't you? It's mm. 2011, where it's a free thinking time. And then these guys are pursuing them. And then Nicholas Cage is having sex with a, an old hooker or something. And um, while still having sex with the hooker, fends off. It's very Steven Seagal in a weird way. It's Steven Seagal. It's like a skinny Steven Seagal bit. Like Steven Seagal would love to do shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. Because there's been some films where he's like eating a burger and he's like doing fucking Aikido. Martial arts. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and there's just things like he's one arming, he's one arming the, all these people, and then he's also doing something completely mundane, like playing darts with his other hand. So having yeah. sex with a woman with, while while fending off all these people is like proper. I think like there must be like some rift where Seamus the guy's like, I'd love to be having sex with a bird, and then and fending off twenty two armed assailants. And Nicholas Cage is like, Well, not a man of your heft. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll shoulder that burden. <laughs> so that happens. And that's well, you, you, yeah, fun. you missed the point that these guys are the guys he's looking for and he's not yet at the place he's supposed to be going. But luckily for him, there's so much going on at the strip club slash bar slash steakhouse. They're, they're there as well. They yeah. drop in for some strippers slash booze slash steak. So that happens. And then they get away. They kill the coppers that William Fincher recruits. So that was like a subplot that it didn't matter. Yeah, he sort of makes out that he, he has like the power to basically persuade people, doesn't he? He sort of hypnotizes these two cops into wanting to mercilessly shoot Nicolas Cage, which yeah. then find out later in the film he gets shot and he, and he's fine. Yes. Because like, he's dead, it doesn't bother him. So why the evil demon accountant man would be encouraging some police to shoot him? He's like this big thing of like he uses his demon magic to make them abandon the policies and procedures and kill him on site, but he is bulletproof. It's probably just making the best of a bad situation. Um, yeah, but I mean, surely you'd want to hypnotize them to apprehend him because you need him apprehended, not shot. I yeah. don't know. I suppose he has a bit of a nap when he gets shot. So maybe he, he just wants yeah, to true, slow yeah. him down enough so he can scoop him up. Yeah, that's probably, that's most likely, I think. Certainly. And then they fuck off. And I can't remember where they go to next. Where do they go to next? Is Do they get straight to the, the church where they find the cult? Yeah, do they sort of pursue them and then if you, they find the church? Yeah, yeah. So the, I can't remember. I think they follow them and they end up at the church. Uh, right, so, so at this point... 
at this point they're on the run right they get away from the the strip club steakhouse bar hotel <laughs> cool. i think there's a there's a pool outside as well and this is the, the best part of the film is when um they're doing like the csi stuff after the the shootout and then tom atkins from halloween 3 season of the witch turns up because it, i think there must be like precedent set by robin hood prince of thieves whereby at some point there needs to be like a cameo from a veteran actor that everyone like unanimously loves just mm-hmm. to pop in and now and then just sort of like add a bit of sugar to your to your tea you know what I mean? just to boost the numbers just to, we're not going to get quite enough people without the dedicated fans of so and so we're going to show up just to see him there for 10 minutes if you're ever doing like a tom atkins marathon this is like that's the market they're wanting to go for yeah, so he, he shows up, doesn't he? And there's a hilarious scene where, even though he's like supreme chief, ranger, marshal, something, world's most important policeman, he's he gets some beat cops like, "Oh, you're ruining, you're standing on evidence, you're ruining the crime scene," because he's just there in like a t-shirt and some jeans. Yeah, and then some guys like, "He's the chief." Don't stop! Don't talk to him. He's the chief. A number one. Yeah. You- Jeep, and um, anyway, so that happens, and then they're on the run, and then the accountant catches up with with Nicholas Cage, who subsequently shoots him or tries to shoot him with God Killer, with a magic gun he found in hell. Yeah, with a magic gun he found in hell, um, and then the accountant flies off a bridge, and they make a getaway, and then then they go to the church. Yeah, so they they make a getaway from the motel slash strip club slash state joint slash bar slash health spa because they killed some cops, didn't they? They killed the brainwashed cops. Yes. So they're like, oh, we've got to get away because we yes. killed the cops. Yeah, yeah, that's how they got there. Yeah, and then they just sort of wander upon a church and they see, like, the cult's RV outside it. Yeah, I think it's a satanic cult, isn't it? That's right, it's, it's a legit yeah, satanic yeah. cult. Um, and then I've got to know about this bit because this bit is great because he barges into the church and there's a bunch of people in there sort of churching but not very convincingly like and it's a bit confused so basically the satanic cult leader they've obviously killed all the people in the church or whatever and then they've known he's coming so the plan is just pretend to be doing a church and they're all sort of like phoning it in like hymn book open like come by yeah it was very strange (laughs) and that was a thing wasn't it so there was the um, his, his granddaughter his baby granddaughter was at the front of the church in the arms of some Satanist or whatever it is. Yeah. And um, then he approaches the baby and then they all go, aha, we weren't really churching. We were really waiting for you, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, we weren't really doing a church. We were doing an ambush. And then I, I put young Tommy Lee Jones. What I mean is um, <laughs> Billy Burke, who plays Jonah King, who is the, the Satanist like, cult leader. The same guy, pretty much, from Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> basically well yeah it was a little bit less sort of weird wasn't it yeah it was a, a little less trippy than mandy in that sense it's pretty much straight down the line grindhouse sex booze and fucking yeah mandy was more more evil hippie vibes than this particular satanic cult which and, is more um, like evil hillbilly vibes yeah yeah so billy burke takes umbrage with nicholas cage's plight and shoots him in the face yeah but then as previously stated he gets better so the mate i remember like this bit because He's lying dead on the floor, and then they make sort of like a big sort of song and dance about bundling Amber Heard and the baby into an RV. Yeah, and it's like it's very much setting up the right. You got five people in this vehicle, two people in that vehicle, three people in this vehicle. This really sort of like 
quite clearly demonstrate there's gonna be a, like a, a Mad Max esque de- um, chase scene. Yeah, sort of like car car to car combat. Yes, and then Nicholas Cage wakes up. He doesn't take much umbrage um, with having half his face blasted off. And well, I said this at the time. It looks better than fucking CGI Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll say that here. Not um, Tarkin, the house elf. Don't mind. Don't mind Tarkin. Oh, I don't know. It was creepy. Bit of a tangent, but the, 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 I thought that was really clever. And when you see him and you only see his reflection, I was like, oh, the geniuses. And then he turns around and it's like, ah! <laughs> Whereas they could have just had him see so you, you know, because obviously he's the, he's the big cheese. He didn't need to turn around and look at this loser. He's king of the Death Star. So you just have him looking in the window and then you can offset the uncanny valley of the computer generated by it just being his reflection. But then now then he turned around and it was horrific and it gave me nightmares. Okay, yeah, there's still this Nicolas Cage thing looked better than that. Yeah, it was probably like proper makeup, wasn't it? Proper practical effects. Proper not messing around shit. So anyway, the, the, the car chase happens. I can't remember much from the fight. Well, yeah, it's, it's all underpinned by the bundle Amber heard onto this RV because the cult leader's like, I'm going to do a sex on you. But then obviously she's really sort of violent. So it's a really bad idea. They're trying to take part in this car-to-car combat. And, you know, they've already got her on the RV kicking the shit out of everybody. Mm. Yeah, yes. and I've written down here Mombasa. Yes, it, it, it featured, randomly just featured part of the Inception soundtrack, but I suppose that's that's a thing you can do. I wonder. I'm going to give it a quick goose and see if this was deliberate. Do, 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 do. Drive, angry, Inception. I see nothing. Maybe it's just a coincidence then. Oh, weird. Unless I misspoke, but it's some piece of music I recognised. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, now I can't remember what happens now. How does the, how does the chase end? Uh, Nicholas Cage coming back to life and surprising them all, doesn't it? Yes. And everyone's like. I thought you were dead, and he was like, yeah, "Okay, whatever." And then she works out that he wasn't in prison; that he's a, you know, because like, like you said, he doesn't know what the internet is. He's like, "Oh, what's a cell phone? Oh, what, what's this? Oh, why are those African Americans on that golf course?" And it becomes apparent that he's a man out of time. Yeah. And then he, um, and then young Tommy Jones pulls out two guns, and then Amber Heard's like, "Fuck this!" and jumps out of the RV into the car with Nicolas Cage. In a feat of. Um, sheer insanity and then they go and see Nicolas Cage's mate from The Rock yes who he like died when they both joined a gang or something it's something like that it's one of those where it's like we had a job together or something and something went south and it's like well it's nice and vague and it's not that important anyway um, so they give him a beer he drinks a beer by a fire and that seems to heal him yeah, there's some, like, you can feel it in his eye, or they pull it out of his eye or something, don't they? Something like that. Something fucking mad. And then it's, like, the, it's it's the prelude to the third act, in it, where they just start talking. It's a bit of exposition, a bit of this, bit of that, and then it's like, right, should we go save this baby then? Yeah, it's like a, an abandoned prison they've turned into a cult place. That's right, yeah. 
yeah, it's like yeah, like a like a really old prison, and then they've just had a massive party, and there's a bunch of but bunch of naked birds and a bunch of naked dudes, and they're just running around. It's wonderfully archaic. I love it. Yeah, bizarre. I've got another note here that says we've st- we seem to have stumbled upon a subgenre of Nicolas Cage films, which is the genre is the coolest thing you can imagine if you weren't old enough to drink. <laughs> This is basically what they all are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got here, my last note is Bridge Shed. Yes, we don't mention that. It's uh, it's a regional thing, isn't it? You see a lot of footage from things in America. There's one in Lawless. Uh, there was one in um, Fallout 76. It was heavily featured. These weird bridges apparently getting parts of America that are sheds. I don't know if they're iconic to a region or if they're everywhere. I don't know. But it's a bridge, but it's really a long shed that spans a body of water. <laughs> I don't think this one did span a body of water. It was just there, wasn't it? Was it? Was it to get it an entrance into it or something? I don't was know. Was it to get over like a gully without water in or something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the accountant catches up with them, doesn't he? And then goes, <clears throat> right. Okay. I think, I think maybe Amber Heard has the God Killer. Um, I can't remember what they, they make a deal or something, don't they? Where the account goes, all right, you can actually just, you can just do it. Well, the account's not bothered, is it? It's like, oh, no, I'm taking you back to hell. And it's like, oh, but I've got to go do this. And the, basically, it's made out that the, the Satan cult are going to do something like bring hell to earth. And the account's like, yeah, but hell doesn't want to be on earth. And it sort of makes out that they're wrong. They think that the devil wants to destroy the world, but he doesn't really. So the accountant's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You go have a crack at them. I can wait 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's like we'll just come quietly. If you could just finish this, just come quietly afterwards. If you're all right, with yeah. That. It's like yeah, that sounds good. And then, and then it's, they... um, it's a big, it's a wonderful, silly, silly, um, Carmageddon esque fight scene with Nicholas yes. Cage just plowing through all these motherfuckers. And there's even another reluctant cult member who's holding the baby. Yeah, she's, she's like been through it all. She seems more interested in the baby than in the cult, and she. That's another recurring theme, isn't it? In these Nicolas Cage films, yeah. yeah. Well, so and then at the end, he gets into a car, and then they go back to hell, and everything's fine. And the baby's given to Amber Heard and his mate from The Rock. Yeah. And yes. They, yeah, they drive back to hell in a car. Yes. It all works like out. A buddy cop kind of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pouring through the IMDb trivia. There's not a lot of fun things, really. <laughs> I swear I heard that music, but same as you, I can't hear it anywhere. Can't place it. Can't see it anywhere. Nicholas Cage said that one of the reasons he took part in the sequence was um, was was part. Sorry, the reason he took on the part was the sequence where Jonah King shoots Milton's eye out. There had been a similar sequence for Cage's character in the film Caesar and the Witch, but it was cut so that the film could keep, keep its desired PG-13. Cage loved the notion of being part of a crazy film that was aiming for a hard R rating. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I like it. I like the thing is that I like it's just like um, same with Mandy. Like I love just dumb, shitty grindhouse films. And even this was like it was produced to a high enough quality for me to be like, hey, you know what? They've put some effort into this, even though it is like just gratuitous. 
It had heart. It had soul. That's what you're saying. It did. It did have some soul. They were creating the vision they wanted to create, not worrying about how to make money, basically. And yeah, it goes to show because it was the bu- a budget of 45 mil and a box office of 41. I suppose that's to do with how many cars you explode, though, isn't it? I'm sure any film could become... Ex- I'm sure if you know, we made some sort of indie black and white indie film all shot in the same apartment in Venice. It'd get expensive if we then blew a few cars up. I think like, it's one of those films which is designed to be reflected upon as, man, I my dream car is the 57 Chevrolet Cherry Red, like the one that Nicolas Cage drives in, in Drive yeah, guess, Angry. It's one of those kind of films, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, a lot of car enthusiasms <laughs> fed in there for some yeah, reason. Could, people with high hairlines could cosplay as William Fincher's character as well, quite promisingly. If William Fincher had wielded the God Killer, which I'm not sure if he does or not, um, then yeah, that would have been like prime cosplay, prime cosplay material. I think he gets it at some point, doesn't he? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> we were obviously very heavily invested in this mission picture, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we knew what we were getting into. Um, so how many Nicolas Cages out of five did you give Mandy? I don't think we I did. The, the, I don't remember the rating system. Would you say this was better in by measure of Nicolas Cage's? Um, um, so similar. Um, it isn't. It, it is in sort of like it's, it is in its form, but not its substance. Yeah. Is like, like trippy acid house kind of grindhouse film. This is like a complete balls to the wall, gratuitous, almost exploitation yeah, this was more sort of like the summer blockbuster version, whereas Mandy was more like sort of art house or cult classic, wasn't it? Yeah, like if 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 you had two people and one of them was just like one of them's drug of choice was cocaine and the other one's drug of choice was acid, those are the two films you'd be in, you know, you'd be arguing between. Well, Mandy sort of had Blade Runner vibes. This had you know Michael Bay's Transformer vibes, didn't it? That was the sort. <laughs> Different pedigree of movie we're talking yeah. about. I mean, not necessarily say one was good and one was bad, but one was obviously trying to be Blade Runner it, and the other one was obviously like, you know, like all oh, manding all the weird arty shots of the lake and him and her and this and that. But then How this, they were like, now nah, let's put loads of muscle cars and smoking hot waitresses in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Very Americana. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it though. Yeah, we're fine. And to be honest, I'd probably watch this again sooner than I'd watch Mandy. Yeah. It's got a good pace to it as well. Yeah, more going on, whereas, yeah, Mandy just sort of like trundled on at Mandy's speed, didn't it? Yeah, this one takes it by the hand a bit more because you've kind of seen these things before in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Mandy, you don't really know where it's going to go. And it's like, there's some leather-bound yeah. biker gangs that, that are meant to be sort of demonic but aren't demonic, actually. And it's yeah. all... I haven't seen this before, and then it's like, yeah, but they're just normal. Okay. Whereas Drive Angry, you're sort, you're sort of loosely following what's going on, and they're like, oh, a car chase, oh, yeah. a shootout, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. So next is um, for us is color. Is it color in space? What's it called? I've got it written down. Bear with, bear with, bear with. Color out of space, which we can both watch on the Amazon Primo. Nah, is that the more a more recent one? That one, isn't it? That was like in the last few weeks. Yeah. Apparently, it's pretty good. Raw's already seen it in yeah. classic Raw style. 
a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. I don't know. I mean, apocalyptic consequences really implies more than the family living there. But... I thought, like, yeah. Well, I think apocalyptic consequences for the family and possibly the world is like... He structured it, structured it as that sentence is end of the world. There's very small scale impact, but maybe the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if your house falls down, it's bad, but it's not by any means an apocalypse, is it? Yeah. I think tomorrow might be a bad day and it'll be, it could be cataclysmic and I might also miss my breakfast and I might also die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's just you, all that's happening to it doesn't really qualify as the apocalypse, does it? No, but in terms of a sentence prose, it doesn't really make sense the way I'm saying it in the same way as this guy that's written this tagline shouldn't be saying it has apocalyptic consequences for these, this small group of people and the world. Yeah. I'm just knocking it. It's all above board. But yeah. <laughs> um, have you got anything else you want to talk about? No, not really, to be honest. Neither have I. There is that little going on. Yeah. Tune in Tune in next week for Color Out of Space. And I'm going to try and make some time to watch it with you. Crack-a-lacking. Crack-a-lacking. All right. Well, thanks very much, and I'll, I'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye.